Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. I'm really happy to be with you today. This is episode 18 of the Still Space podcast, Still Space Practices to Maintain Executive Presence in Anxious Moments. Have you ever been in a high-risk meeting or in a conversation where someone challenges your position and you immediately feel threatened? and that the world is closing in on you, your heart may be racing, you may start to sweat, you may feel all tense. I call the space that we need to seek the still space, the same space Viktor Frankl described as between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychiatrist who survived the Holocaust. He was in many concentration camps, and his perspective on finding that special space, the still space, is something that guides my work and helps me work with my clients on their executive presence. In that space, we can execute self-regulation practices, we can remain calm. This is important. This gives you that moment to say to yourself, hey, I've got this. I don't need to feel afraid. You're the thinker here. If you are familiar with recognizing the still space, you know that you can shift your thoughts and behaviors before fear creeps in. That's power. Because once fear creeps in, all bets are off, and then we're in a fight-or-flight situation, and we can't control ourselves. Imagine your day is going well. You've done your research and are a maven on your project. You're in a meeting, and out of nowhere, someone blindsides you with cynical innuendo, overt criticism, bureaucracy, passive-aggressive posturing, or their personal agenda. This goes on every day in corporate America. Your body gets stiff, your face feels flushed, your heart is racing, you're afraid of what you look like to other people, that you're going to look like you can't hold it together. You feel threatened, a voice inside your head is screaming, danger, you're panicking, and then in your own defense, you do or say something out of reactive state, and you later regret it. We've all been there. Oppression is not always avert. Withdrawal, exclusion, and silence are classic passive-aggressive techniques of intimidation. You know, that person at the meeting that just shoots you a negative look, makes you feel like you're not good enough, makes you feel like that presentation that you just gave didn't make the mark. All of the people that I've had conflicts with throughout my career 
It all stemmed from a tug of war of power. They needed to be right, they needed to be validated, and eventually I realized if I just let them have that, they would get off my case. You can't be in a struggle or in a tug of war with people who are power hungry. They will win, they're meaner than you. But we have to be able to manage ourselves so that we can get into a state of mind where we can observe what's going on without letting somebody hijack our good reason. Some people can weather intimidation and self-judgment without losing their presence. And then there are those who need a practice to learn to do so. I'm one of those people. Most people are one of those people. Others who are not self-aware keep repeating the same behavior that robs them of their presence, their defensiveness, that self-criticism, freezing in place. It doesn't do them justice. The difference is that some people have trained themselves to be able to notice what is happening to them, both emotionally and physiologically, because you're feeling a certain way and it is showing up in your body. And they know how to lean into it with curiosity as opposed to away in fear and allowing the immediate physiological and emotional response to subside so they can allow the perceived threat to flow by. In this space, they can respond appropriately. Here you'll find the still space and manage your emotions in real time. When you have that, it's magic. Initially, you may think you don't have time to manage your emotions in the still space like most things with practice and technique you will see your role is not to defend yourself with a fight flight or freeze mindset because then you've lost presence and you're playing the defensive game your job is to respond from a position of efficacy excellence and well-being in a timely manner while maintaining your presence while maintaining your state of mind these still space strategies that i'm going to show you right now help you regulate in the moment. You can practice them, try them, and find the ones that work best for you. It's not going to work right away, but I have used all of these and I have counseled my clients to use these in specific situations. You'll find the ones that work best for you. Years ago, when I was starting out in my executive career, I needed to find a way to keep my emotions, to keep my thoughts under wraps. I had gone through a very difficult divorce. I tended to show up a little defensive because I couldn't lose my job. I had to support my four little kids, so I had a lot of fear dancing around in my head. And I practiced something that I share with my clients and I will share with you today that I still use and I share with people who are trying to navigate their own emotional state because these few steps are gold when it comes to your well-being and your peace of mind. When you feel anxious or aggravated, practice this pause cafe technique. It starts with a deep breath where you ask yourself, what's going on with me? What's going on inside of me? Invite in the tension. Be curious about it. Don't turn away. This is an opportune moment. What we run from chases us down until we heal. Some people spend their whole lives running from it, not you. You're learning a practice today. Identify where the discord sits in your body. You might give it a color or a smell or a shape. Get familiar with it. In the still space, you can own it. It doesn't own you. 
There you can untangle assumptions from the truth. The world opens up in that space. Life is broader than that one constricted issue that you're focused on. You begin to see another perspective, another opportunity, and the anxiety fades. Now I'm going to explain to you the acronym PAUSE and what that specifically stands for. P stands for pause, and here's where we take a very deep breath. Pause, take a very deep breath. A in pause stands for ask yourself, what am I focusing on? What am I afraid of? Where do I feel it in my body? Name the feeling. What's going on with me? Ask yourself these questions. The U in pause cafe stands for untangle your assumptions from the truth. I will fail and embarrass myself is an assumption. I'm prepared and people I respect support me. That's a truth. The S in pause stands for step back now and allow the constricted pinhole view of your world to open up. Allow the negative feelings to flow by like a leaf on a river. And the E in pause stands for extend compassion to yourself. Put your hand to your heart and say, may I be gentle with myself in this moment? Then extend the same compassion to others because this is where you have power. When you resent people and blame and all of those negative feelings, you have no power. Imagine if you were them. Get curious about their behavior. Name it. I sense that they are frustrated too. I wonder how I can help them. Now, let me give you an example of the Pause Cafe. I remember when I was a new person on an executive leadership team and the president called me in and asked me a question and I did not react well. I felt threatened. I couldn't come up with an answer quickly. I wasn't prepared and I overreacted. And later I went through these steps and I realized what happened. What was going on with me in the A, ask yourself, I felt that I might lose my job. I felt that other people wouldn't think I was good enough to be here. I was self-sabotaging. I felt like I had imposter syndrome. Certainly somebody was going to find out that I didn't belong here, and I reacted badly. I never did that again. Very early on I did it. I lost a lot of sleep over it, and I studied, and I came up with this practice, and I maintain the practice still to this day by asking myself, I think the most important part is asking yourself, what is going on with me? Let me be gentle with myself here. Let's name the feeling because it's in the way. And then untangling the difference between, do these people want me to fail? That's an assumption. They don't want me to fail. And the truth is, I'm the only one at the table here who can answer this question because I'm prepared. I have the background. I've done all the research. I have to get out of my own way. I used the POTS Cafe strategy recently when someone overtly challenged my position at a meeting. This was recently. Initially, I had hoped a large boulder would drop out of the sky and drop right on his head, just like in the cartoons. And then I sort of laughed to myself, realizing that was anger and that was not a strategy. So I better try something that would keep my presence, yet get him to back down. As I took a deep breath, I noticed my heart racing and my chest felt tight. And in that pause cafe still space moment, 
I decided this wasn't personal. It was just him wanting to be heard, so I decided to validate him. Instead of reacting, I asked him questions that disarmed his vehemence and made the conversation productive. I wanted to better understand. What do you really want, I asked. When you ask somebody, what do you really want, most of the time they don't know and it stops them in their tracks. It diffuses the situation and gives everybody a still space moment to think about what their intention is and act with purpose. It takes practice. It takes lassoing your own ego. Sometimes it works better than others, but cumulatively, your composure improves as you consistently work to eradicate your fight-flight-freeze response with this mindful strategy. The mind is like a muscle. It builds with practice. Perfectionism is not the goal. Peace, efficacy, mastery, excellence are far more important. No judgment of yourself or others. Everyone is doing the best they can. When we want to be perfectionists, we start to self-sabotage because it's safer to just keep working something over again and again and again and not risk, not put ourselves out there, not show up as we actually are at our highest self. So the pause cafe is one strategy. This is another one. Just me feeling. Number one. When you feel an intense emotion, remind yourself, this is just me feeling, insert feeling, judged, afraid, resentful, afraid I might lose my job, afraid I might lose a friend, afraid I might lose respect. Lean in and name the feeling to disarm its power. Feelings are not permanent unless we allow them to take hold. Or you can attach humor to the situation, something funny. Think of a character in a movie or a cartoon that reminds you of that feeling. Oh, this is just me being, and I have a client who does this. Oh, that's just me being the cowardly lion. He came up with that. Or the X-Men Wolverine when he has to fly. Or Chicken Little or any other cartoon character that makes you laugh. Bring some humor to it. Number two, think of the many people in the world who must be feeling the same feeling at this very moment. Imagine being connected to each other in support of each other. We're all one in this world. There must be other people suffering with this fear, feeling that they're a cowardly lion or the X-Men Wolverine or Chicken Little. Remember you're not alone. And number three, turn toward the discomfort instead of away. You know, we've said many times when you turn away, it's like a chihuahua nipping at your heels. It just chases you down over and over and over and over again. Hold your feeling. Hold that pause moment for 90 seconds while repeating, this is just me feeling, insert feeling. In that time, in that still space moment, the intensity of the feeling will pass. It will flow by. Here's another practice. It's called the de-stress practice. Number one, notice how stress shows up in your A body. Take a deep breath. Do I feel it in my neck? Do I feel it in the back of my head? Do I feel it in my shoulders, in my chest? Are my shoulders tightened up? Is my belly sore? Is there a nagging feeling in my heart? 
Is it my lower back? Where does stress show up in your A body? B, how does stress show up in your feelings? When you're stressed, do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel tired? Do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel inept? So body and feelings and see how does stress show up in your thoughts? See for thoughts. And thoughts are not feelings. Thoughts are the stories that we attach to the feelings. Oh, well, I'm afraid. Well, this feeling is never going to end. That's a thought. Oh, well, I didn't get this job or I didn't get this promotion, which means I'm just not hireable or promotable. That's a thought. Those thoughts are fiction. So again, in the de-stress practice, we're noticing how stress shows up in our body, in our feelings, and in our thoughts, which are usually fiction stories. Now, number two, welcome that stress, just like you would welcome a new person that moved into your street. Get curious about it. The body, mind, and thoughts are designed to heighten how we deal with stress. Disarm fear by answering these questions. A, I am stressed about what? I am stressed about I have to move to a new city. I'm not sure I'm going to have any friends there. I'm not sure the people at my new job will like me. And B, dig deeper. Ask yourself five whys. Those of you that have had some training in operational excellence understand this. When you ask yourself five whys, you can usually get down to the root cause of anything. You can use this in managing your teams, but you can use it also in managing yourself in this instance. Why is that important to me? Well, why is that then important to me? You do that five times. So I'm stressed about moving to a new city. Why is that important to me? Well, because if I move to this new city, I'm going to have to perform at this new job and I'm going to have to fit in. Well, why is that important to me? Well, that's important to me because I will be able to execute better at work if I'm well-liked and I'm going to make more friends if I'm well-liked. Well, why is that important to be well-liked and fit in? Well, because I want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. Well, why is it important to me to be happy? It's important to me to be happy because that's what the world revolves around. So now you've gotten down to what's the root cause of the stress? I just want to be happy. Okay. Well, I have some other things that I know that make me happy, right? So I'm stressed about moving to a new city, whether I'll be liked, whether I'll fit in at work. But I know from my well-being practices that I have things that make me happy. I have close relationships with my family, I can call them. I have mindful daily practices that keep me calm and resilient. I know that I meditate. I know that I have yoga practice. Whatever it is that you do, but asking yourself to go deeper and deeper and deeper within yourself you can find things that are outside of that constrictive view that will help you broaden your perspective. You see, now you're going back to the five whys and focusing your stress toward that instead of fear, toward your purpose, towards being happy, much healthier. Another practice is called Be Still. 
Number one, understand that things come and go. Number two, emotions come and go. Number three, the important thing is to accept them all. Number four, embrace them all. Five, then you can choose to do with them what you want. Number six, versus being controlled by emotion. Seven, when you are consumed by fear to the point where you're telling yourself, nah, it's not good to feel fear. I shouldn't be nervous, anxious, angry, whatever. It does nothing but grow. Eight, versus stepping back and saying, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? And unpacking it with curiosity. This gives you the ability to look at it for what it really is, which is nothing more than your imagination running its course. Are you starting to see a theme in these practices? They're all in a still space, they're all reflective, and they're all within your power. This next practice is called, This is Happening Because This is Teaching Me Something. The more we run from difficulty, the greater distance to the solution. Let me say that again. The more we run from difficulty, the greater distance there is to the solution. When really problematic challenges arise, completing this practice helps us make sense of what the situation is trying to teach us and allows us to bring purpose to it. So here's an example. I'm sad that my mother passed away. This is happening because all human beings die at some point. This is teaching me to accept this cycle of life. Another example. I'm disappointed that I didn't get the job. This is happening because I didn't come across as the best person for the role. This is teaching me patience and what I may want to change in my next application process and if this role is even that what I really want to do. And number three, another example, I'm angry that she doesn't want to be in my life anymore. This is happening because she doesn't value me. This is teaching me to accept what is outside of my control and to rethink my behavior, how I want to show up, and who I want to be moving forward. Another still space practice called, I don't mind what happens. This is a powerful tool for anxiety and with practice can change your life. No matter what you're doing or where you are, if you focus on this simple mantra, you will learn to let go of the need to control. And here is what it is. I don't mind what happens. Here you are essentially saying that no matter what arises in your life, you are ready. You have no expectations and need not control the outcome. This is not to say you are a passive player or will sit back and allow egregious or abusive behavior, not at all. You always have a choice to remove yourself from any situation. Some things may occur. You need not enable or allow them. You always have the power to step away. This mantra of, I don't mind what happens, helps with anxiety. It helps us remain calm when the demons of fear and uncertainty rise up to scare us into fight, flight, freeze. In this space, we notice the demons. They're not our demons 
or hang-ups or anxieties or fears, but simply the demons or hang-ups or anxiety or fears. We are depersonalizing them. They are just there, not controlling us. You don't own them. They just appear and can disappear just as quickly with mindful intention. As the tension settles, follow this mantra with open vulnerability. I don't mind what happens. I feel open. Insert whatever you feel. You might feel curious. You might feel happy. You might feel a little tentative still. Move on to, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I can be with that discomfort because it's just my imagination. It will pass. It's just my imagination. It will pass. It's almost like holding the fear in the palm of your hand, seeing it withering there, just desperate. It removes it from your heart and soul. You can see it for what it is. It's not part of you. It's outside of you. You have depersonalized it. Another still space practice. What? So what? What now? When you feel overwhelmed, asking three questions that I'm going to give you will help you slow down and break down the anxiety. Number one, what actually is happening here? Be specific. Who is there? How do you feel? Number two, so what? Answer this. So what if this happened? Is what you fear likely to happen? If it does, so what? What happens then? Likely, your imagination has made the situation far worse than it is. And number three, what now? Okay, so it happened. What now? After you've processed the other two questions, What do you want to do now? Okay, it happened. Really powerful tool. What? So what? What now? Next practice. Name it. Tame it. Name the feeling that you are struggling with. Here are a few emotions. Happy, embarrassed, scared, nervous, goofy, surprised, quiet, annoyed, cool, Sad, tired, excited, bored, sick, frustrated, angry, funny, proud. Name the feeling. What is it like to be with that feeling? What is the worst that could happen? What is the best that could happen? Be with that feeling for five minutes be, set a timer. Be with that feeling for five minutes. No judgment. Be with that discomfort. You will feel empowered not to be run by your emotions. You will see at the end of that five minutes that nothing has changed. It is your imagination running wild. Now I'm going to pause here and in the next podcast I'm going to go through several more of these but it's a lot to digest in just one episode. So what I would suggest that you do is to replay it 
and take different situations that are troubling you and insert your thoughts and feelings into the examples. Because this is powerful stuff. This is the most crucial stuff that I work on with my clients. We go through these and it's difficult for them. They don't want to go into the dark corners. It's hard. It's very hard. But I shepherd my clients to where they need to go so that they can come out the other side. Now I'd like to share with you um, a letter from one of my clients to her former self. I think this gives you a perspective on what it is like to come out the other side and when you can see your life moving forward to a place of grace and happiness, you're looking back with such wisdom. Listen here. Dear former self, you've always been striving for perfection, hiding your insecurities behind a facade of, quote, always ready, always right, always first. And it is costing you precious time, peace of mind, and much joy. It is okay to say that you don't know something, that you need help, not to be the rock all the time. You do not have to save everyone and everything to be of value. You are enough just as you are. Your natural curiosity, eternal optimism, and intuition are precious. Nurture them and give yourself time to think, to read, to rest, and to be. Be careful to whom you give your trust. As much as you want to believe in the goodness of those around you, sometimes people are not who you want them to be. Listen carefully. Let them show you who they are before you reveal too much. You are a natural leader. Your passion for what you do and strong convictions of what is right and what, quote, should be, Spark outspokenness that sometimes overshadows others around you. Remember that you can always learn more and that others around you have valuable things to say. Listen more, be silent longer, and choose your words more carefully. Remember that as a leader, people are affected deeply by your expressions and body language, often more than by what you say. Find a mentor you respect. Create an opportunity to learn from someone far more experienced and wiser. Don't try to navigate your professional path alone. Above all, trust yourself. Be authentically who you are. If you find yourself in a role that doesn't truly reflect your values, that depletes rather than feeds your energy. Have the courage to move on to what does. You have much to give if you give yourself the chance to find the right outlet. Do not make decisions based on what you think you have to prove to anyone other than yourself. If it is right for you, it is right. Be kind to everyone, especially yourself. Create a whole life based not just on work, but on strong friendships, a loving family, a sense of purpose you can be proud of. You are strong, you are capable, and you have nothing to fear. Love always, Karen, a behavioral health care executive, mom, grandy, wife, friend, realtor, and journalist. This is a beautiful testament of someone who is now able to 
look outside of herself at herself without judgment and see the authentic self within. This is powerful stuff. It makes me very emotional even just to read this, to see the evolution of this client. I'm just so proud of her and so profoundly honored to be with her as she went along this journey. So in closing, I will say to you, I'm hoping today you will find your still space, your mindful presence, and the grace and joy that you bring to the world when you are at your highest self. I have something really special that I can't wait to share with you. Most of you know that I work by day as the CEO of a $31 million organization, and I coach a handful of clients in the evening. Now I have taken the tenets of mindful leadership and put that into a training program so that you can fast track your career leadership while also balancing that with a good night's sleep healthy eating habits, and close relationships. I call this program Mindful Leader Satisfied Life. Not only will you have the training, you also get one-on-one coaching with me, not a group, one-on-one coaching with me so that we can unravel your personal assumptions that are holding you back. You will no longer be unnoticed, undervalued, and inadequate, feel judged, and that others think that there's something wrong with you and you start thinking there's something wrong with you too because you're getting passed over for promotions, new roles, no longer doing all the things you hear you should be doing. Sigh of relief, right? With only defeat and the fear that failure is in your DNA forever dogging you in the back of your mind. You'll no longer be disconnected from colleagues, friends, and family, or following the shoulds that make you feel you're still behind the curve and might even lose everything altogether. No longer frustration about habits that show up in terms of snacking, disjointed relationships, vices, poor sleep. No longer making excuses while not actually getting any closer to high performance. So if you're interested in this program, all you have to do is go to my website, maryleegannon.com. Click on the link on the top that says Coach with Mary Lee. It explains all about the program. Fill out a few questions on the questionnaire so that I know a little bit more about you and I'll reach right out to you and we'll set up a time to talk and we'll get you started. No longer will you have to wake up and say, I missed an opportunity. I wish I had. Please remember that I can only take a few clients at a time and I already have a full book right now. So I'd like to make sure that you're on the list. Head over to MaryLeeGannon.com. Click on Coaching with Mary Lee. Let's get started. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, MaryLeeGannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.